So we'll start with the sitting. Remembering relaxation. Allowing the body to relax, remembering too that maybe the core, the inside of the body can also relax. Maybe the throat can relax. the heart. The stomach and the intestines. Allowing all those soft organs to be soft. Maybe the mind can relax. Soften the mind. Are you aware? Recognizing awareness. And what is obvious? Opening to the possibility of allowing, allowing experience to be just as it already is. Already aware. 
something already happening. this practice is so much about meeting what has come to be allowing what has come to be is aligning ourselves with the truth that it has come to be. Allowing, accepting in this way isn't about agreeing or disagreeing with what has come to be. It's about fully acknowledging, yes, this has come to be. The conditions unfolded and this is what is happening or now, this is what is arising. It's the recognition that what is happening is already happening. Resistance to what has come to be or trying to hold on to what has come to be. Actually takes a lot of energy. Aligning with this truth, this has come to be. Freeze up that energy. to be responsive to what has come to be rather than automatically reactive. It's allowing attitude opens us to what has come to be, what is already here. But it's not about being passive. 
that allowing attitude gives room for a response to what has come to be that comes from wisdom, love, and compassion rather than greed, aversion, and delusion. Allowing opens us to a skillful response coming from beautiful, wholesome qualities of mind. These wholesome qualities, love, wisdom, compassion, they inform, they motivate action. We think of a sense of self often as being the motivator of action. And yet our activities of mind are a big participant in choices. Often in our habits, greed and aversion are making our choices. But wisdom, compassion, love also make choices. And this opening to what is actually here in this moment Allowing it creates the space for wisdom to act, for love to act, for compassion to act. And our job is simple, relax. Are you aware? What is obvious? Can that be allowed? What has come to be? What is already here? It's allowed, this too, just this. It's allowed.
We've talked a lot about checking the attitude and noticing the qualities in the mind and often that we see, we often see wanting, greed, aversion in the mind. Sometimes we might see confusion or beliefs, views. And I want to talk a little bit more today about wise attitude, the wholesome qualities of mind. We can also really start to see those. Sometimes um, I suggest that, you know, we talked about checking the attitude from time to time. And um, I've said that if you're struggling, you know, that can be a really good time to check the attitude if there's a struggle happening in the mind. And the reason for that is that um, if there's a struggle, a feeling like it's hard to meditate or hard to be with something, there is an attitude in the mind, a greed, aversion, or delusion in the mind that is probably not fully being seen. Another good time to check the attitude is if it feels like it's going smoothly, if it feels like it's going well. Well, sometimes that might um, reveal a kind of a, a clinging to or a kind of a leaning towards what's happening. You know, sometimes when it feels like it's going well, it can, it can have that kind of quality of, oh, yeah, I'm doing well, with a little puffing up or a little bit of excitement or um, leaning into the experience or wanting it to continue, that kind of thing might be seen if it feels like it's going well. I've certainly seen that in my own practice. And yet in those, in the times when it's going well, and we see that, you know, what I experienced is a kind of a gratitude that, oh, I didn't know there was a little bit of leaning in. I didn't know the mind was kind of wanting to hold on to this. And, and often when it feels like actually when it's going more smoothly, seeing those very subtle kinds of leanings, they, 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 can, they can sometimes just let go. And uh, I've experienced a lot of gratitude for the seeing of them. You know, a kind of delight of, wow, that's there. That felt so smooth and so, so present. And yet there was a little bit of greed in the mind, a little bit of an idea or belief that something else would be better, or this is really good, I need to hold on to it. So it can be useful to possibly see a very subtle form of greed, aversion, or delusion, even when it feels like it's going well. And sometimes when it feels like it's going well, what we get to experience are those beautiful qualities of mind. We get to really taste the calm, the peace, the, the balance of mind, the equanimity, the okayness. Now, these qualities are, are subtle at times. You know, when, when we're not suffering, when things are just okay, 
we may not take that in so much. One teacher, um, a Thai teacher, his name is escaping me right now. It's kind of hard to believe. Uh, he's, he's so much in my mind sometimes. Um, oh, well, if I remember it, I'll let you know. <laughs> One teacher says that, um, oh, Buddha, I think it's Buddha Dasa, says that um, these moments when greed, aversion, and delusion go away, he says they actually happen all the time that we actually have a, you know, freedom from greed, aversion, and delusion. But he says that they're subtle, those moments, and we don't usually notice them because our minds are attuned to what's right, what's wrong, what we like, what we don't like. And so we don't sometimes even recognize this, okay. What does it feel like when things are okay? Landing in that place, aware, when it feels like the meditation is going smoothly, turning towards what's in the mind there. What, how is the mind in relationship to experience? Oh, this is what it feels like to have calm in the mind. This is what it feels like to have ease or peace. These qualities of mind are, tend to be that kind of diffuse experience we talked about earlier in the retreat around sleepiness, where you, know, you can't really put your finger on what sleepiness is. It's just got a diffuse quality. These beautiful qualities of mind also have this kind of pervading uh, ephemeral type quality, which is another reason we may not land with them and kind of really know them so clearly. We're not as familiar with being with that kind of atmosphere, the atmosphere feeling of okayness, the atmosphere feeling of ease or peace, of well-being. What does it mean to actually take that in, to, to experience that? Earlier in the, in the retreat, we talked about how being aware, being curious about experience, when we're curious about greed, aversion, and delusion, we experience, we recognize, we get the education in a way of how those qualities of mind in the moment create suffering, create tension right in the moment. And that learning, that understanding, the wisdom, the, the mind begins to let go of of those patterns because it feels the suffering of it because our system ultimately wants to move in the direction of well-being and the same kind of awareness when we take in the atmosphere of ease of peace of kindness of interest of love of compassion many flavors that can be there when the mind is at ease with what's happening. There's a lot of different flavors that can, that can feel like. It might have the flavor of love, of kindness, of care, of intimacy, of connection. 
it might have the flavor of compassion of kind of the quivering heart that touches a suffering experience it might have the flavor more of wisdom of balance of mind of it's okay it's not a problem it might have the quality of patience you might have the quality of curiosity, interest. What are these flavors of the mind? What are these experiences? When we bring this kind of attention to that flavor, that atmosphere, it creates the conditions for it to strengthen. Mindfulness of wholesome qualities creates the conditions for them to appear more frequently because they are experienced as well-being in the moment. The system understands this is the direction, this is the way to head. Wisdom understands that. Wisdom supports the movement in the direction of these qualities. And so when we find our way to allowing experience, we touch into that place, being curious about the allowing mind itself. What is that? Sometimes it's got the flavor more of wisdom. It feels more just matter of fact. Yep, that's what's happening. Sometimes it's got the flavor of love, more the flavor of care, kindness, connection, the kindfulness that Anna spoke about. Kind awareness, kind attention. When we notice the kindness in the mind, the compassion, the love, the, the, the connection, the care, that cultivates that quality. This is how metta is developed in this practice. The practice has a kind of a wisdom flavor to it. You know, we speak a lot about being with things as they are. That's kind of the, the, the wisdom understand that this is what has come to be it's it's an understanding but when the mind understands that a part of the heart in meeting experience like that has the flavor of love and so it's there it's actually there it's being cultivated in this practice and the recognition of it when the mind has that balance of mind you don't have to go looking for it so much. I mean, the, 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 there was one instruction I got that was really helpful around this because, you know, my mind tended to be more the wisdom orientation. You know, it really oriented to experience through the lens of wisdom, um, interest, investigation were strong. Uh, so those qualities were easy for me to see and recognize the, 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 the equanimity, the balance of mind, that I could know. I wasn't so clear about the love and compassion, 
which teachers told me, oh, don't worry about it, it's there. You know, it's like, well, that doesn't help me. I'm not feeling it, you know. Um, and I, it was interesting because, you know, early in my teaching, uh, when I was first starting teaching, I would, in, in meeting with people, speaking with people, I would feel this sense of balance of mind and really being able to meet people right where they are and not having reactivity, just being able to communicate and, and meet them from that place of balance. And sometimes the response I would get back from people was something like, I so feel your compassion. And I was thinking, that's not my experience. I'm not feeling compassion, but I'm feeling this balance of mind. And I was very curious about that. I went and talked to a number of my fellow teachers, the colleagues, and it's like, this is what I'm experiencing. And, and most of them said, don't worry about it, it's there. But then one teacher, Philip Moffat, you know, he said, your mind is oriented to wisdom. It's oriented to emptiness. It's oriented to just things as they are. He said, orient to the relational. Notice the connection with what is happening. So this is kind of that 50-50 place. You know, it's taking in the content of what's happening. It's, it's noticing the context in which experience is happening. Consciously allowing the attention to take in that side of the experience. And so he, he, he said that to me, and I had an opportunity not 10 minutes later to play with it, to try it. I sat down with somebody individually and I remembered, okay, let me just remember, just in a very simple way, let me remember that this is a person, a human being sitting in front of me who has hopes and fears and concerns. Just, just that, just shifting to that, recognizing the relational. It took a, just a very slight amount of effort to do that. The compassion was right there. It was there, but I didn't quite know how to feel it or touch into it. And so sometimes, you know, some of you um, may be feeling it easily. Different minds are very different. Some people naturally orient to experience through the relational, through connection, and have a very strong connection with the qualities of love, compassion, of joy. Others orient more towards the, the wisdom side. And so it can be useful to, to kind of just play a little bit with that. Can, can, can this be seen in terms of the relational? Can this be seen in terms of just things as they are? And begin to taste the qualities of mind that are there. If you're, if you're more familiarly experiencing things through the, uh, the love, the compassion, maybe a little bit of... And is the mind just really okay with this? What does it feel like to be okay? And if the mind is more in the okay side when the allowing is there, and how about the connection? And see if there's a little bit of the flavor of the kindness. So the awareness of these states supports their nourishment. Because our system understands when we experience love, when we experience compassion, when we experience joy, when we experience okayness, peace, ease, 
our system understands that in the moment, this is the direction. This is the way it, 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 that the system wants to head in this direction. And so it strengthens those qualities. And so while this practice does have the flavor of being kind of a wisdom orientation, love and wisdom, you can't separate them. They come together. And we can taste the, the relationship between them. The other part about seeing these wholesome qualities at work is, you know, coming into the recognition that these wholesome qualities, they're not passive. You know, the, I think we mentioned earlier, talked about the, you know, the naturalist in the, in the forest. And if there's a forest fire, you know, the, the naturalist doesn't just sit there saying, oh, everything's burning. Okay, well, let's see what happens here. You know, you get yourself out of the forest. That's wisdom, you know. The, it, it can happen that we get ourselves out of the forest, out of aversion and fear. But it also, a part of that is wisdom understanding this is harmful. This is going to lead to suffering. And so the, the one thing that's um, kind of helpful to begin to understand uh, is the active nature of the wholesome qualities of mind. Also the active nature of the unwholesome qualities of mind. You know, greed, aversion, delusion, they act in our minds. When we're not clearly aware, our habits of mind tend to be making our choices for us. That, that what we've done before in the past, as the Buddha says, you know, what we frequently ponder becomes the inclination of the mind. And so if we have habitually acted on greed, aversion, that becomes what we tend to act from. Greed. Greed acts, aversion acts, even without our conscious awareness of it. Likewise, as these wholesome qualities get stronger, as wisdom gets stronger, wisdom acts. Wisdom recognizes the arising of this experience, you know, in, in seeing the arising of anger, for instance, wisdom, seeing that understanding, oh, that suffering, wisdom begins to act to let it go. Love acts to connect, to care, to take care. Compassion acts, wants to alleviate suffering. And so the allowing and the accepting, you know, sometimes when we speak about allowing and accepting, accepting things as they are, things as they have come to be, it's so important that language, I think, for me was a real uh, revelation. Um, Saying, accepting things as they are to me, implies an accepting an ongoing uh, kind of, this is how things are, they are ongoing this way, accept that. Accepting things as they have come to be, to me, points towards 
this has come to be out of conditions. This is what has arisen. But the stepping into the next moment, the shaping of the next moment, isn't about just passive, you know, isn't about passivity because when it's clearly seen, what's happening is the mind sees that way lies suffering. Wisdom, if wisdom and compassion are present, they will choose to move away from suffering. They will choose to let go of that suffering. They will choose to take action. And so I think this is an important piece, especially as we step into the world. And the world needs this. You know, the world needs action from compassion and love and wisdom. So much of what's happening in our world right now is the result of billions of people acting out of greed and aversion and delusion. And systems that get put into place because everybody has kind of agreed, yeah, acting out of greed, that's what we want to do. Let's put systems in place to make that easy. It, it, it is not the only way to relate to what has come to be. And so the, you know, the, the awareness, the allowing, the recognizing what has come to be and the seeing of how greed, aversion, and delusion um, tie us up in knots and the taste of a heart that has compassion meeting difficulty, the difference in quality in experience, when love and compassion are there and the choices that get made, that movement, the, the movement of heart to take action feels very different than when there's greed and aversion. And we can know that difference, the difference between what it feels like when wisdom is present and what it feels like when greed and aversion are present. And this path is gradual. We have a kind of a, we want quick results. We have created the possibility for quick results in so much of our lives. I think this is why the internet is so addictive. You know, because we want some information. We sit down in front of the computer and we can get that information instantly. Instant gratification. That hit of getting what we want feels good. And so we go for more of it. We have to, in this practice, set aside that desire for the instant gratification in favor of something more, uh, more nourishing and more, um, interestingly, more stable in that it is not 
you know, the stability of the ease and peace of our, of our practice comes not because we're stabilizing on anything, but because we're at ease with the fact that things change. With the fact that that pleasant thing comes and goes, no point in holding on to it. There's a, 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 a phrase in the Dhammapada, a, a, a poem, the Dhammapada is a collection of poems attributed to the Buddha. Little short stanzas, and this one goes something like, seeing that a greater happiness is possible a wise person would forego a lesser happiness in favor of the greater happiness. And so this takes some trust because that instant gratification, that sense of happiness coming from our usual habitual ways, it's so, in, it's so ingrained in us. And we have to take a, a leap of trust in a way that a more gradual cultivation towards a different kind of happiness is worthwhile. If I can draw a picture here that you can see. We'll see if this is... So I don't know if you can see this. Let me turn on my camera so I can, my selfie so I can see if you're seeing it. Okay, so I've got a picture here of a little hill and a big hill. And so the little hill is like our usual happiness. And this is what's possible. We have to let go, essentially, of this. Uh, you know, our habits, our patterns of dealing with this in order to find our way to the, the deeper happiness, the, 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 the more lasting, profound happiness. But in letting go of this, if we're traveling, if this is like we're traveling on a mountains, you know, it's like in order to get to this peak, you have to go down first. You know, and this, this is the part that's hard. That's, that's the part that we, that we feel that we don't trust. You know, that's the part that, that is like, this can't be right. I'm feeling so much more suffering, you know. But that is part of what happens. And so we have to trust in a way. We have to trust the kind of gradual nature of this path. Um, we do get little tastes of what's possible we get tastes of what's possible um in little small moments you might have experienced this a little bit you know during these days or in your practice in general you know the the, the shift to you know being caught by what's happening caught by, pulled into some 
grintiness or frustration or irritation and then seeing it oh that's what's there the shift of mind there's space there can be space around it a little bit of ease that's wisdom doing its work you know that's wisdom acting we're experiencing wisdom there we're experiencing that wisdom at work there wisdom doing its job creating the conditions for more ease and peace in the seeing of something and so we get little tastes of the possibility of oh actually i don't need to get that thing in order to have well-being and so we get the little taste of going up the the next side of the hill a little bit and that gives some confidence that gives some sense of oh maybe this is trustable but it is gradual because we taste those little moments and then our mind goes back into its habit of getting caught in its familiar ways of doing things so it's a kind of you know it's not a ever ascending more and more mindfulness more and more ease more and more peace it looks much more like this <laughs> but it kind of trends in the in the direction of uh, more and more well-being and and we we can trust that so there's an analogy that the buddha uses around the gradual nature of this path and for me this has been a, a source of kind of oh in a way i this teaching has been a refuge for me the the teaching of how gradual this path unfolds when i came into this practice i thought that there would be some big kablooey like experience that after that point i'd be really happy and i had no idea that it was going to be just little tiny grains of sand you know just tiny little things adding up over time uh i was i kept waiting for that big kablooey <laughs> and i got a few you know a few things like that but the vast majority of the development the growth the freedom that has come has come in this gradual way and when i heard this analogy that the buddha offered it's like oh yeah that speaks to me so he talks about a shipwreck he talks about a ship being hauled up on dry land and after the ship has been at sea you know the ship has been soaked the parts of the ship have been soaked by water you know if it's a shipwreck you know that the parts of the ship have been uh, soaking in water for a long time before they like washed up on the shore so they've been marinating in the seawater for a long time and then they get washed up on the shore and then days and weeks and months go by where those parts of the ship are washed by the sun the sand the wind the waves the water the sand kind of going over and the rope the the rigging of the ship is what kind of spurred my analogy my my mind around this you know it's like you have that piece of rope from the rigging lying on the beach you see it you know you're going walking on the beach one day and you see this rope sitting there and you go back day after day you don't see much change happening day to day looks like the same rope 
but you might you know come back you know if if it's if it's kind of sitting in a secluded place where it's not being washed back out to sea you might come back 6 months later and begin to see it's really frayed maybe try to pick it up one day and it just falls apart it crumbles apart in your hand that has happened because every day there was a little bit of sun and sand and wind kind of wearing away at that rope it's a gradual wearing away there wasn't anything magic about the day that you picked it up and it fell apart it wasn't like that day something special happened it was just the accumulation of a long time of wearing away this is the way wise mindfulness works may not sound like a great like thing but you know this is the way it works and so we don't have to um like feel like we're failing if we're not seeing like major changes every day or every sitting it's gradual it's really gradual and for me looking back over the practice i can really see that happening you know sometimes those big things that we see those 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 big insights that we see we attribute oh i did something right in that moment but uh you know it's it's really just that moment that you've picked up the rope and it's fallen apart gil fronstall sometimes uses an analogy of chopping wood and if you have a, a a big piece of wood the first time you bring the hatchet down on it it's probably not going to split you know keep bringing the hatchet down and you know it it takes a while you know um when i was in my teens i loved chopping wood when we would go camping i would spend a lot of time i loved that i loved the feeling of that hatchet just splitting the wood um and uh and and you know i thought it's like oh i hit it just right that time when it when it when it finally split i hit it just right that time but gill uses the analogy he says you know you know yeah we think we hit it just right that time we did the right thing that time when the wood splits he said but suppose it takes you know 50 times for you hitting that wood if it's a bigger piece of wood you know 50 times you hit it it doesn't it doesn't go it doesn't go he said what's happening there is every time you hit it it's weakening the fiber inside the wood next time you hit it it weakens the fiber a little bit weakens the fiber at a certain point the fiber is weak enough that it splits that's often what kind of happens for us when we have those big aha moments it's just the moment of the fibers letting go and we've seen it we've seen that falling apart and we think we've done it then we think that that's been you know we we try to figure out what did i do and it's been the months and the weeks and the that the willingness to meet practice meet our experience over and over again has created the conditions for that freedom wisdom is at work every moment in that when we have that kind of allowing attitude wisdom is at work we may not see it 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 can be very subtle very gradual and sometimes sometimes you know sometimes we get to see the things falling apart that way 
other times I've seen, you know, it's like a huge pattern in my mind, a big pattern of, uh, you know, repeating anger at one particular person. And, uh, you know, seeing it little bits here and there, you know, kind of setting it aside, going back to what I was doing, you know, just working with it in a variety of ways. And then, you know, sometimes seeing, uh, at one point noticing, wow, I haven't experienced that in a long time. And then realizing it was gone. It had disappeared when I wasn't looking. And so sometimes we don't even get to see that split, that falling apart. It's just like the log is gone and we don't know how it disappeared. That can happen too. So it takes a trust, it takes a kind of a confidence in being with experience moment after moment, not like every five minutes thinking, is it getting better? How's, you know, how's it going? It's really gradual. And yet you can taste those small moments of understanding this is the path, this is the direction. The, the sense of the well-being that comes when we find wise attitude, that feels trustable in the moment. So let's take our break and come back at 10 after the hour. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.